You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. We've been learning this week uh, the Psalkim of Rabbi Viner. And uh, here's another one from his Sefer Shevo Shlomo. Uh, he was asked the following question. Shamati, I heard that people are saying that if you have Bluris, meaning, and this of course is a term that comes from the Gemara, and has become translated in many uh, circles as a chup. Uh, technically, we're going to find out what Bluris is. We'll see if we're going to go into the all the details of this halacha. But Bluris, uh, in, in colloquial terms, is uh, a, a hair, decent amount of, uh, of, of, of a, of, 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 I'm not sure what you call it in English, but a whole setting of hair on your forehead. Um, so people who have a decent amount of hair on their forehead or po- long hair in the back, is there a problem with putting on tefillin? So in the Shulchan Aruch, Rav Aviner says, what you have to worry about is a chatzitza between the tefillin and the flesh of your body. Uh, the Machsa Shekel, who is writing as a commentary in the Mogan Avram, but here he goes out on his own, and he says, I really don't like this thing that's happening, that you have people that 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 grow their hair in such a way. First of all, it's Derech Shachatz Vegaiva, which is, is a term that you hear a lot. That's actually taken from the Bach. We talked about the Bach yesterday. And we talked about Shachatzanim. You might remember, she, well, we talked about Shachatzanim today in terms of uh, people walking their dogs. Derech Shachatz Vegaiva. It's like, the way somebody who's a dandy is going to go that way. Someone who's going to push himself like he's some sort of primped uh, aristocratic fool. And he, and he, and, 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 so Yeshba, there's also an Easter in putting your tefillin. Now, why? He says, if you only have a little bit of hair there, so you can say, well, you know what, it's, that's the skin. But if you have more hair than necessary growing in the area where the tefillin are supposed to be, uh, so, so now, I, yes. I really have a, it's a little strange to me for two reasons. One is in the Chumash, right? The Kohanim would wear long hair that we know. And the other reason I see when I see uh, in certain 17th century and other times older engravings of Jews, a lot of the people have long hair. Maybe it just pays and that's how it's being portrayed. But I do see it. Okay. Um, okay. I'm not sure where you see Kohanim. Uh, the, the Kohen Gadol had to take a haircut every week. And a Kohen was actually usher. A Kohen was actually usher to have long hair. He had to have a haircut every month. Okay, I might be mistaken. I thought they were, okay. Yeah, the Kohanim actually kept their hair short. Um, Uh So anyway, the point is, um, it says, it says, what is the shear considered long hair? In other words, obviously, a little bit of hair there, that's normal and natural. Nobody could say that that's a chatzitza. Where do you say the hair is too long? You've already turned into a bum. You look like one of these dandies, right? Like, right? And also really depends on how you comb it, right? Um, now, we all, this might be your question. What about the Nazir? <laughs> the Nazir, what, he didn't wear tefillin? That's right, a good question. Right, right, that too. That's a good question. Yep. So 
the, the nausea would be a nausea. Would, would he stop wearing tefillin after a while? Right. <laughs> what about a person who's an Avel, who's not supposed to cut his hair? A Mitzorah, also not right. supposed to cut his hair. Or a Menudo, right. who can't get a haircut, like us in Corona. Baruch Hashem, I told you my son-in-law is coming Sunday, so it's Hashem, I'm getting a haircut. And we know that Michal Bashol, Sheila, wore tefillin as well, right? <laughs> well, what do you right. think? You think she was a Hasidic Williamsburg lady and she had a, she had like a baldy? <laughs> right? So how did she wear it? says, Michal Bashol wore tefillin and the rabbis, well, yeah, maybe they didn't want to be mocha. Yes, no. How could she be Mekayim tefillin if, if the Maxlar Shekel was right? Right. So the Achronim say that the truth is, is that natural growth is, is the way it should be. In other words, for a Michal, it's not a Chatzitza. I'm not sure why for Nozer and Mitzorah, but he, he says to take a look at these sources. Uh, the Kitzer, the Mishnabrura, uh, and others. So, let's assume, though, that we have an answer to the Nozir. We have an answer to Michal. Let's assume we have a decent answer. I didn't see what the answer is. Let's assume that we have an answer. But, therefore, according to the Machsas HaShekel, you have a, a problem of the tefillin in terms of fulfilling the mitzvah. And also, since you don't fulfill the mitzvah properly, there'd be a problem with the bracha. Now, Rav Aviner wants to be honest. He says, the great gom, the Orach HaShulchan, Rav Yechiel Michal Alevi Epstein, brings, the Marach, brings this Machs HaShekel down. And he says, I know people do not like these chups. They don't like this hairstyle in front. But I don't see any rationale why that's a problem. And the reason is, is because how do you call it? When do you say a person has, has too much hair? And therefore, he says, if this is your natural hair that's growing in that spot, that's not a chatzitza. Now, I've heard other things before we get to that. Uh, further, myself, that if the hair that's growing in front can be folded, in other words, so long that it can be folded over, that would be a chatzitza. But if your hair is thin, if you have thin hair, right? And I always had thin hair, and again, that's thinning and, and leaving me. <laughs> but if you always had thin hair, it wouldn't be a problem because, it, it, again, if it's thick enough to be folded, then you can see, oh, that's like a, a something that separates the tefillin and the person's head. But if it's not thick enough to be folded, right, but that's what I heard. But people with thick hair might have a problem. Anyway, but the Aruch HaShulchan says even thick-haired people have no problem. But he says we can't pass like the Aruch HaShulchan. Why? Because most of the poskim line up with the Machsas HaShekel. The Mishnabura does. The Kitzur Shulchan Aruch does. The Kafa Chaim, that's the Sfardim, the Ashkenazim. And look, you can't just pick and choose. They're all great. But when, when the, when there's a Yochab Rabim, you have to say Alochas like the Rabim. Rav Avinir says, I know we like to use the Rachashulchan. But let's say, for example, he brings a metaphor from the Rivash from uh, Prefei Duran. He says, let's say why you can't rely on a lenient opinion. Let's say someone would tell you about a certain bridge 
that everybody would tell you, oh, that's a good bridge. And then there's one guy who's there who knows his bridges and says, look, I know about bridges. That bridge cannot hold that weight. It would be a sakana for you to walk over that bridge. Everybody would listen, even though he would be the minority. I don't know. <laughs> in Corona world, it doesn't seem like people listen to that one voice anymore. But anyway, in the old days, people would have listened. So, if it has to do with your neshama, you wouldn't worry about a machmir. And for sure, over here, Avinir says it's the opposite. Everyone else says you're not Makayim Tfilin. And it's a brachal of Atola. You have one opinion that says it's okay. So are you going to say, okay, that's the one I believe in? He's not your Rebbe. You found it. I discovered it for you, Avinir says. I'm giving you the sources. I'm being honest. But you can't just say, I'm going to go with that Kulichi. That's the one I like. So he says that the, and even the Rachashulchan says it has to be hair that's long in the front that's normal in its normal way going from top to bottom. Okay. Um, there are opinions achronim uh, who say that we should, if we see people wearing tefillin with long hair, we we shouldn't give them musr. Um, it's possible it's not a chatzitza. But, as you can see, Chacham uh, says it's definitely better not to have hair there and to put, put the tefillin on as little hair as possible. Now, yesterday we were talking about church and things like that, going to churches, being influenced by churches. He says there would seem to be another problem. If you look at the Bach, the Bach says that when you have those type of hairstyles, aren't you just basically trying to look pretty? Isn't that the reason why you want to have the hair in front? It's almost like you want to look like a girl, he says. I remember um, this is particularly uh, like in the 60s and 70s when men's hairstyles really changed a lot. You look in the 40s, 50s, and early 60s, men's hair were short like they are today. But starting from the mid-60s, basically after the Beatles came, it, it took about seven, eight, nine years but by 1972 or 73, everybody, many, many men, that was almost standard. Remember John Davidson? Remember? I mean, that was like the standard look that, that people had. That was like, the, and myself included, take a look at pictures of kids from that period. And I remember my father, Olashalom, was saying, you know, this is terrible. How could you people dress, look like this? And, and you can see what the Bach was saying. What, everybody wants to look pretty? So he says it would seem that this is Chukas HaGoyim. Now, if it seems like the non-Jews have discovered this is their hairstyle, so Lachora, there should be a problem. The Taz writes, when it comes to not looking like a non-Jew, not dressing like a non-Jew, the basic is you know how they look, we're going to look different. 
Every the, the Taz says you're right. Different countries, you're going to look different, and maybe this has something to do with your point as well, Doctor. Um, the Torah writes, according to the Rambam, the same way we're different in our thoughts, in the way we think, in our actions, we need to look different in the way we appear. We have to look different in our dress, and even in the way we comb our hair. Now, um, many people bring this halacha, that we're not supposed to follow the hairstyles of the non-Jews. And they say that's considered Chukas HaGoyim. He mentions who they are. That would be the Bach and the Vilnagon. And the Chida. Very important poskim. So, we, let's review. According to many opinions, including the Kitzur, the Matzah Shekel, and the, and the Mishnaburah, it's a Chatzitzah. According to other Achronim, if this is what is the standard like in the 70s style, and that was considered like the, the in hairstyle, there might be another problem, Chukas HaGoyim. The Chazanish, however, said something a little bit different. He says, clearly, the Chazanish wrote, um, and this, he says, clearly, the Derech HaYoser Tznua is the best way to dress. And the way you look outwardly, it doesn't mean you're a bad person, but it's not a great sign about your inwardness. However, we have to be careful about when we say you're over B'chukosei and Lo that's only when you want to become like the non-Jews. In other words, this is your this is your ticket into them. But if you like the look, in other words, you look at that and you also like it, that's not called Bukhukosehim. It's not that you just like it. Now, maybe in the back of your mind you've seen John Davidson's picture, whatever it is, you know, and I look like him. But if you just objectively like this way, and that's the reason why you have this style, but it's not because you saw it in Vogue or GQ or that's what you're trying to be like, so that's not called Chukas Um That's considered a certain good. You, you have a certain vanity, but that's not over an Aveir, the Chazanish says. You're not over B'chukosei and Losei Leicha. Um, he says, if it's if it's something which it's clearly the way a certain uh, the non-Jews or certain Christians look or certain other people look, then the Bach is correct. Then we could say you're over a low say. So that's what the Chazanish wrote. So Chazanish is sort of saying, look, we understand people have certain vanities, but just because of those vanities, it doesn't make it with saying. Now he says, if you take a look, there was a book that was written. In the 1930s, I guess it was in the late 20s, early 30s, called Dog Zera Daraita. And it has a, a number of, a, a great discussion about the Chup. And many rabbis signed it. However, one rabbi who did not sign it was Rav Cook. Rav Cook did not agree, he didn't put his name on the book. 
Here's a, a, a little bit about the book is right here. Here's a little bit about the book. The author was Rabbi Shua Alter Waldman. And this was the Shardaf of the book. You can see it here. Dog Zeris Taraisa. It's Bechuko Seimle Seilechu, etc., etc. And uh, this was a book that came out in Israel. I'm not sure if this picture was in the book. <laughs> but here you see um, this guy looks a little bit like George Harrison, right? Or maybe Ringo Starr. <laughs> so this is what we're talking about. Okay. And um, the bill, Rav Kuk Satsal refused to add his name to the signatories of this book. And why? The reason was, is because his son said he agreed that people shouldn't walk around with a chup, that it's wrong. But he didn't want to be in that book because it's written in a very sharp, antagonistic, negative way. The idea is good, but it's written in such strong language Rav Cook did not want to be have his name associated on the book. He felt that's not the way you change people, is by beating them up. However, Rav Tzvi Yehuda said his father had another problem with that image that we talked about. He felt it might be the Aveir of Lo Yilbash. In other words, there's an Aveir in the Torah for a man to want to pretty himself, to beautify himself. And it's not just, I want to dress like a woman. But if you do the type of primping in a male way that a woman would do, you're over that Avera. For example, let's say um, there's too much air that's, that's going out of a certain place in your body. You can't cut that hair off. Right? Or let's say, the Gemara says, let's say, it's a question whether it's a Daraisa or the Rabbonin. Let's say you want to get rid of gray hair out of your black hair. Or you want to dye your hair. All of those things are in Shulchan Arach as being Aser, as of Osilbash. So that is considered Aser. In fact, some say it's even Aser for a man to sit in front of like a dressing mirror to make sure he's pretty. Now that doesn't mean you don't, that doesn't, I guess he doesn't mean stopping for a minute to make sure you don't look like, now, now, like all far blunted. Of course, I, I heard from Rav Chaim Kanievsky's son, Rav Shlomo Kanievsky, that Rav Chaim, so he never saw his father look in a mirror ever. However, sitting in front of the mirror, like a person at a dressing table, that's also us, sir. So therefore, Rav Kook felt, although he refused to sign it, he says that if you are spending time getting your hair and done in a certain way, and, you, and, you, and, you're, and you're mocked but it, it should look certain a beauty, unlike the Chazanish, who felt it might be natural, Rav Kook was actually more machmir and said it might be lo yilbash. And Rav Avinir says he believes that in terms of tefillin and in terms of b'chukoseim, you could argue. But he believes Rav Kook's argument 
uh, about a person who's spending an ordinary amount of time giving himself a nice hairstyle, etc., might be over in Isidar Isa. Now, one of the uh, poskim of uh, an Eretz Yisrael today, um, he lost his son, Nebuch, uh, was killed by terrorists. He is the grandson of one of the great poskim of America, Rav Yosef Elio Hankin, and America's grandson is Rav Yehuda Herzl Hankin. And he says, there's no problem. It's not Chatzitza, and it's not Chukas Hagoyim. He doesn't mention Rav Kook, but Rav, that's another, if you want to say, is there a modern posseg who says there's no problem with, with a chup? Rav Hankin would be one of them. So therefore, he believes that it's really not proper for someone to have this type of hair uh, and growing his hair this way. Um, now, he does not deal with the question of someone who's already used to this style. What are you going to do? You're, how are you going to get him to, to stop? We already saw that you're not supposed to come down. It isn't so great to come down hard on them. But I, it is something which I think people are sensitive about. I know there's people who walk around in shoals and fix people's tefillin all the time. <laughs> they say, oh, you got your tefillin in the wrong place. Clearly, this is something that's somewhat sensitive when you're talking about another person's body. However, I think it's important to see uh, what the halacha does say about this subject. Um, there's a, as I said, the chassidim make a whole avodah out of it almost, that someone who wears a chup uh, I remember when I was once, uh, you know, it can't even be a kosher Jew. I remember once when I was, um, and you can see it's in Shulchan Aruch, Lo Yagadel Tzitzis Rosho, Kamo Tzitzis Rosham. That's a Hilchas Chukas HaGoyim. It's in Shulchan Aruch. You should not have uh, this hair growing out of your head like that. Um, I remember once when I was an aide Kedushin, by one of my good friends' weddings, and the um, the uh, the Masader Kedushin was the Wiener Dayan. And I remember I was there, and I don't have thick hair, but I remember I had my hat up so you could see my chup. And he pointed to me to put my hat down. <laughs> In other words, in, in other words, it's what? Yes, yes. Chub uh, is actually uh, a well-known um, term. It's a it's a part of the Ukrainian Cossack manhood. It's really such a uh, like a culturally probably somebody who a Jew would wear a chub is really betraying his tradition in those areas because yeah. uh, pride of the Ukrainian Cossack was his chub and still is. So that's chub is like a Russian. Sometimes they would shave the rest of the head and leave the tube on. That's a traditional way, actually. Right. I, I think I remember seeing Taras Bulba. It was like exactly that. that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You got it. You got it. Taras so Bulba. It's a very, very. How do you call it? A Jew is really showing that he's, he's like eating, uh, you know, uh, trays, uh, you know, openly in the public. It's, it's a very cultural. It's a big deal. I can see that. I see why they make such a big deal out of it. 
Like you're not a Jew. You're, you're, you know. <laughs> yes. I'll just, I'll just end with a statement from Reb Chaim Kanievsky on this. Reb Chaim Kanievsky, when he talked about the Chazonish, he says, when, the, when someone would come to see the Chazonish, who had shaved, who had clearly shaved, I guess I would have been a problem going in there. Oh, he saw someone who had a chup. He, he was physically the Chazanish. Although, again, we saw when he wrote, he was writing very beautifully about it. But he personally, it bothered him. He didn't say you were over B'chukoseyem. But when a person came to him who, who was coming to speak with him, he, it bothered him. He said almost to the point of Chaim writes that he could tell his uncle, that was the Chazanish, his uncle wanted to throw up. And if someone came to him and his payas were behind his ears, he wasn't happy about that either, the Chazanish said. He says, it looks like, it looks like you're embarrassed. You're, if you're having payas, let your payas down. <laughs> so that was the Chazanish again. But remember, that was B'nai Brak. That was what they were trying to create. It is a little bit different here. And over here, again, one needs to know the parameters of the halacha before they start trying to uh, correct people's behavior. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 